What do the Denver Broncos and Sean Payton have to avoid this offseason as it pertains to potential contract drama with one of their top players set to hit free agency? You get that and much more from the South Stands to the end zone on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. Every single day, you can get this podcast free and available everywhere you get your podcast in audio format, or you can watch on YouTube. Do us a favor, hit that subscribe or that follow button so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news content coverage and more. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host and good friend, Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Sarah, my friend, Radio Row continues to buzz here in Phoenix as we approach this episode on Thursday. Uh, he was able to sit down with Emmanuel Sanders, Patrick Sertan, to pick their brains. We'll get some more recap going into next week's Lockdown Broncos as it pertains to that. But, man, it's busy here at Radio Row, and there is plenty of buzz about the Denver Broncos hiring of Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, and other things. But I feel like we should probably dive into things that Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos must avoid this offseason as it pertains to some potential contract drama that could be coming up for them in particular. That's right, Cody. I agree with you on that. And I don't I don't know exactly what this is going to look like. And we've been seeing some, you know, liked tweets on Twitter and, you know, different things like that, that, you know, people like we like to overreact to that a little bit. It's kind of fun nowadays to look into what players are liking on Twitter and the things that they're saying. But Draymond Jones, Cody, is one of those guys that, you know, he really reminds me of uh, of Derek Wolf. For anybody that covered the Broncos or followed the Broncos close when Derek was playing just anytime he gets up to the mic you know you better have the bleep button ready you better be ready for a, a short answer you better be ready for a hard answer because he he tells it like it is he doesn't you know he certainly doesn't mince words let's put it that way but I think with with Draymond Jones a very similar personality somebody that it's kind of hard to get a read on he's not like a he's not a very rah rah type of person especially when it comes to right now with the Denver Broncos remember just a few months ago back in in the fall he was asked you know are you going to be a Bronco long-term? Do you want to be a Bronco long-term? And he was like, I'm a Bronco right now, you know, and those kind of things like send the fan base into a frenzy of like, well, does he want to play with the team? Well, recently he's been liking some tweets that are making people wonder, like, does he want to be a Bronco? Is he frustrated with the Broncos? Will he be here long-term? We know that his situation is, is this, his contract is expiring. He's going to be a free agent if the Broncos don't act here in the next month, Cody, which is crazy to think about. We're already almost to NFL free agency here, but he's either going to be a free agent or the Broncos are going to franchise tag him or they're going to re-sign him. One of those three things is going to happen. So what I'm talking about and what we're talking about here in avoiding is, do you want the Broncos to franchise tag Draymond Jones and risk the drama of what it would be to franchise tag him and let him play on that tag instead of getting a long-term deal done 
or tagging and trading him. What's your thoughts, Cody, on kind of that, you know, letting guys play on the franchise tag in general, but maybe even more specifically also too with Draymond Jones? You know, for me, I I am 110% supportive of players not playing on the franchise tag, right? If they get tagged, I mean, we've seen it with guys that have have done that essentially. I mean, I think trying to remember the more recent player to do that, but the one that comes to mind to me was – well, I mean, like in a sense of, uh, you know, playing on the franchise tag and getting hurt. Like I, I think oh. back to Earl Thomas. Remember when he yeah. was with the Seahawks and he played on the franchise tag and broke his leg. And I mean, there was some other stuff that's happened with Earl Thomas that's kind of equated to him not being in the NFL. But, you know, for a guy like Draymond, you know, I look at him as just he's a dominant force on the defensive interior. I mean, in 13 games this season, he had 16 quarterback pressures. People, I think, overlook how important pressures are. Draymond is, as you mentioned, he's the, you know, hard hat, lunch pail guy. When he shows up on the football field, it's all about business. It's all about dominating. It's about eating somebody else's lunch. I mean, he reminds me a lot of Debo in a sense of just how he plays. Like bully ball mentality is how Draymond Jones plays football. And Denver needs that. Denver, I think, has an edge when you have that with that guy. And, you know, I think some of the other things that have been highlighted, too, is, you know, when Randy Gregory went down and, you know, you trade away Bradley Chubb, of course, like your your pass rush in general aren't going to be what you wanted it to be because you have other guys who just simply haven't evolved their pass rushing repertoire yet on the outside that's going to free things up. So a lot of teams were focusing on DJ Jones and Draymond Jones. For me, Draymond Jones deserves to get paid. I know Spot Track has like a three-year, I think twenty-one million dollar extension as his estimated market value, so like about seven point two. I'm for me, I look at it. Maybe that's because this past year was his first year as a full-time starter in the NFL. Draymond Jones is a very, very good defensive lineman that can play a defensive end on the outside. He can play on the defensive interior. Sarah, in today's NFL, you need that. So if you franchise tag, if you're the Broncos, if you're going to franchise tag Draymond, you have to do whatever you can. You have to say, hey, we are going to find a way to get this deal done by July 15th, which is usually the deadline. But there has to be some good faith there. And I think that's something that Draymond is looking for. Um, You do that. And, you know, like I said, I don't don't know if Draymond would risk playing on the franchise tag. I mean, you're going to get paid a lot of money doing it because it it rises up nearly to 20 million this year. But, I mean, does even Denver want to pay 20 million for one year potentially? I don't think they want to. I think that there's better uses of their financial capital that they can look at, especially, you know, even on the offensive line, they have to address that. So for me, I I'm supportive of Draymond. Like if they franchise him, I'm supportive of him not playing on it because I think Draymond's value as a player speaks for itself. And, you know, you, you can't go into something with no risks. And I think this whole situation, like even looking at DeMar Hamlin, DeMar Hamlin's not a vested veteran in the NFL. He doesn't have that long-term protection, but he had that thing happen to him, obviously in that very scary situation. And financially from the NFL side of things, like he's not protected but luckily, I mean, everyone's so supportive. Maybe it'll implement change, but I'm all for players protecting themselves. 
Absolutely, Cody, 100%. And the, the tough thing about it is up to this point, I mean, Draymond Jones' career earnings just over $4 million. So talking about the potential of turning down nearly five times that much for one year's worth of work, that's what makes the franchise tag such a difficult thing, right? It's like you almost, you almost, uh, it's almost like blackmailing a player into playing, you know, and risking getting hurt, risking their long term status because you're like, hey, we're we're gonna five x your career earnings in one year with this franchise tag, and I think for Draymond Jones the situation is odd, right? Because the franchise tag is so high, and like you said, Spotrac has his you know average annual value at around seven million, which I find that that's that actually surprised me Why? quite a bit, Cody. That that's really low. I think even DJ Jones, who wasn't really a pass rush phenom in San Francisco, I think he got like ten or eleven million per year. So I figure. Draymond is going to be upwards of 14, 15, 16, maybe million per season. And certainly he he's going to feel deserving of that. And I think his guarantees on a new contract are going to be more than the franchise tag. So it's such a it's such a weird thing because I me personally, the way that I read Draymond Jones as a guy. I feel like there could be some trouble there if you force him to play on the franchise tag. Not that he's going to be disruptive in the locker room. Not that he's going to be, you know, or, or, you know, like, uh, you know, whatever you want to call that. I think that it's just one of those things where you don't want somebody who's really unhappy to be where they are, who doesn't want to be in that work culture. Just like we talked about with Ejiro Evero, right? I mean, it would have been great to have him back, maybe the best man for the defensive coordinator job, but didn't want to be in Denver. Wanted to go work somewhere somewhere else because you know for a variety of reasons so if the case is this the same with Draymond Jones do you want that guy there who doesn't want to be there right and I, I'm not trying to put words in his mouth I'm just asking the question I'm just wondering if he if you franchise tag him and he doesn't want that and he wants to go get a deal somewhere else could you look to replenish maybe your draft capital and trade him to somebody and utilize that cap space like you mentioned on maybe finding different ways to fill that hole I think that's a great point. It's a great other side to to look at here in this situation because, as we all know, NFL teams, they, they've always said it's always a business. And, you know, teams don't always show loyalty towards players the way that maybe players would like to show loyalty towards a franchise. I, uh, I understand that 110%. But you know what? There's also some other things that I wonder. And what will Sean Payton's tenure look like with the Denver Broncos? What are we hoping to see in this period with a five-year contract? You'll get that on today's episode. Lockdown Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends at Blue Nile and Valentine's Day is coming up, which means romance is in the air more than usual. And I don't need to tell you lovebirds that. You've probably already had your date plans on the calendar for weeks, but have you found the perfect Valentine's Day gift yet? Whether you're celebrating this day of romance or whether you're ready to pop the question, you can find jewelry as unique as she is with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. At BlueNile.com, you can find the perfect piece of jewelry for live special moments or even create the custom engagement ring of her dreams. Their simple online tools let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. And Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft the perfect piece to your specifications. Blue Nile's diamond price guarantee allows you to compare a competitor's diamond against one of theirs, and Blue Nile can even meet or beat their price. 
Every order is insured and arrives quickly in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shipping is free, and so are returns. Right now, you can save up to 50% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com for up to 50% off BlueNile.com. And our good friends over there at FanDuel Sportsbook, the other sponsor of today's episode of the show. And this year, the only app that you need at your Super Bowl party this Sunday is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And we're really excited about our new sports betting partner here at Lockdown and because they're the number one sports book in America, and that is FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports super fun and easy for you. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet, and you'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. Who will score the first touchdown in Super Bowl 57? They let you take advantage of that, and the FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe secure and super easy to use and best of all you get paid your winnings instantly so join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57 that's FanDuel.com slash locked on make every moment more with FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NFL all right, Sarah, continue on today's conversation here. Lockdown Broncos. Once again, Broncos country, thank you so much for tuning in. Whether you get this podcast free and available everywhere, you get your podcast in audio format or whether you're watching on YouTube. We appreciate you so much for rocking with us throughout this offseason. We have a lot of things in store, especially with free agency coming up. The NFL draft. We'll see how the Broncos maneuver through that without a first or second round pick. Could they add more draft capital by that time? So many things to ponder and look at, and we'll get you covered here. Locked on Broncos every single day all year long because for the true fan there is never an off season continuing on our conversation here Sarah you know some of the things we wanted to dive into that we hope to see during Sean Payton's tenure right and I think the most cliche thing will be win games right get to the playoffs but I think that while we can acknowledge those are important those are things that we would like to see what are some like tangible stuff that we want to see as well as it pertains to the Denver Broncos in general under Sean Payton. Well, Cody, we got to want to see the Broncos beat the Kansas City Chiefs, right? I mean, everybody wants to see that happen again. It hasn't happened since, you know, 2015 early in the season. So you want to see the Broncos beat the Chiefs. That's a very short sighted, you know, uh, hey, this is what we want. This is our wish list right from Sean Payton. But it's important. You're right. It is. And I think that my number one thing, and I, I hope for a lot of other people as well, getting this offense back to a point where it's dominant. Remember the 2013 offense where you're, you basically drew a name out of a hat and that guy had 10 touchdowns on the 2013 Broncos offense. I mean, it was, it was fun to watch and it's fun to watch the Broncos when they're competing every single week. And that just hasn't been the case in recent years. Right? So you really want to see this team take that step forward in a big way, offensively under Sean Payton, really reestablish itself as a true offensive identity Team. Not to say the defense can't stick around. We would love to have a balance of both, but really get the offense back to a point where the Broncos are, you know, legitimized in the eyes of everyone because it's like, okay, we got to face this offense this week. That's what I want to see the Broncos become again under Sean Payton. I think that's probably one of the most important things, right? Because we've seen dominant defense since Super Bowl 50. I mean, not quite to the lengths that that Super Bowl 50 defense was, which is crazy because. Yesterday, I sat down with Brandon Marshall, former Broncos linebacker, and just 
it was kind of reflecting on the anniversary of Super Bowl 50, which was a few days ago, you know, however many years ago at this point. He joined us. He said, you know, we just had a really special team that year. And he said, for us, we kind of knew defensively going into training camp that – Peyton looks different. Peyton, you know, why does Kubiak have him under center? You know, like changing things up a little bit. And he said, we knew for us defensively, we had to be better. But he said, you know what? One thing that we said the night before Super Bowl 50, we had a team meeting. Peyton Manning spoke and it was emotional. DeMarcus Ware spoke and it was emotional. And he said, for us in that locker room, the defensive guys – we all said to ourselves, let's go win a ring for Peyton. Let's go win a ring for DeMarcus Ware. Like it was for those guys, but also for each other, right? They said that they were a tight knit unit. And I want the Broncos to get back to that, right? To the point, you know, like I said, I think the locker room culture in Denver right now, Sarah, I think is very good. Talking to players, like so many of these guys spend so much time together in groups, you know, as teammates and they go, you know, and they do things, they go bowling together, they go to the movies, they all, you know, they host dinners with their families. Like that's a really, really cool thing that I think needs to be touched on even more. But I think it's like, how can you also build that and, you know, into translating that into success on the football field? To me, I think that is a huge thing we want to see, but I also want to see a culture that gets restored under Sean Payton. Right. And it's going to not just be on, it's not going to be Sean Payton, just solely responsible. It's up to players. It's up to the organization to provide the pieces necessary. But I would like to see in Sean Payton's five year tenure that the Broncos are always in the conversation. I want to see that them they're in the conversation for the playoffs this year. They're in the conversations to potentially contend. I know it's a tough task. I know there's so many things that have to go right in order to make that happen, but it is possible. We've seen that happen before in the National Football League, and the Broncos do seem like they mean business. They do, Cody, and, and it's no coincidence for those who are just listening, not watching. I wore one of my uh, my most treasured possessions today, my Chicago Cubs World Series hat. You can't really see the side patch there, but I actually, Cody, I purchased this hat preemptively. I purchased this hat when they were down in the series against the, the Cleveland Indians at the time, and the thing that you're talking about is exactly what I was going to say as well. I mean, we, we, we look at this Bronx Broncos team right now as their cellar dwellers in the AFC West. We look at this as, man, it's going to take a lot to get them out in this, you know, the drudgery that is the AFC West against Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Well, back in, you know, the, the early 2010s, the mid 2010s, it was the same way for the Chicago Cubs. And you hire this GM, Theo Epstein, he comes in, he starts drafting guys. Chris Bryant, he makes a trade for Anthony Rizzo. For those that don't know baseball, uh, obviously I'm just throwing names that mean absolutely nothing to most of you here right now but what i'm saying is that you built something special not necessarily just from the ground up but you start bringing in that different culture like cody's talking about culture of guys who who are there to win who are there to restore that tradition who are there to restore that franchise to its prominence to its dominance i think that's what sean payton said was one of the things that meant the most to him in, in terms of getting to the Denver Broncos is like, he's like, as opposed to the 2006 saints, this is a team that's won. This is a fan base that knows what winning is like. They know what it's like and they expect it. And he welcomes that. So Cody, I, I view that as number one. I mean, I, th- the whole Cubs analogy and all those things like that, it's like, get this team out of the darkness, get this team out of the hole. It's not a hundred plus years for the Broncos. Like it was for the Cubs, but it's like, okay, 
things have been going the same way for a long enough time. Now we've been in this carousel of the quarterback, the head coach. Now you need somebody to lead you out. And that's what I hope Sean Payton is able to do for the next five years. That's a great message there, but I just have to say, how dare you wear so many different hats? And one that's not a Denver Broncos hat. I'm being sarcastic for those of you who aren't actually watching but are listening. Sarah gets slack from so many different fans. Like, why are you wearing that hat? Sarah's a hat collector, folks. We've already made this very clear. He's got a lot of hats. But, yes, you know what? I think that's a fantastic message. I think it's important, and hopefully the Broncos can get back there at some point, and hopefully it starts within the next five years. I think that's ideal for the timeline that has been presented. But Broncos country, Radio Row is buzzing about Sean Payton, about the Denver Broncos, and even Russell Wilson. What are we going to hear from former players like Brandon Marshall, Jake Plummer, and others? Ladies and gentlemen, today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, is brought to you by our friends at TurboTaxes. And go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Meet with an expert who will do them for you. TurboTax experts can relieve you from the stress of taxes and file for you so you can do not taxes. Show your eyes things that are not taxes. Unpack a moving box of not taxes. Taste not taxes. Sing not taxes a lullaby and hope not taxes sleeps through the night. Grab a saddle and ride not taxes into the sunset. With TurboTax, an expert will do your taxes from start to to finish, ensuring that your taxes are done right, guaranteed, so you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Intuit TurboTax, full-service products only. Video meeting while expert does your taxes. Required See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. As we continue on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos Radio Row is always a big thing every year leading up to the Super Bowl. You get a chance to go out there and see so many different players from various teams, including the Denver Broncos. You also get to see some former greats as well. And that has been the vibe at Radio Row. Sarah, I'll tell you this. Yesterday at Radio Row, sitting at my table, you know, we we have, uh, you know, several interviews that are booked. We, you know, we see Brandon Marshall. We grab him. We talk to him. It was a great conversation. People can get that at milehighsports.com if they want to hear it. Run into our good friend, Mike Kliss, man. Because, you know, we got the DMVR people right next to us. And then Mike Kliss is wandering around. I'm like, hey, Mike, what's up? Like, Mike's an awesome dude. Love Mike Kliss. Um, but there were other people going around that, you know, were former Broncos greats. And I think one of them, you know, we'll talk about what Brandon Marshall said. But even Jake Plummer had a lot to say about the Broncos' state of things and Sean Payton now coming over. And, you know, what what were some of your interesting takeaways from, uh, you know, even what Cliss was able to interview from Jake Plummer? Yeah, I think that just first and foremost, it's always fun to see Jake Plummer. He we, we always talk about how when he played, you know, he would look like a mountain man. He was growing the long hair and the big beard and those type of things. And it's it's great to see that, you know, nothing's really changed for him. He looks like, man, that guy could throw up a tent and absolutely throw a great party up in the mountains at some point. Uh, the handball champion of the world, Jake Plummer, but obviously still very, very keen football eye. I found it interesting that he only went to or watched one Broncos game this past year. And he's like, I didn't even see Russ play. He, he was like, I watched Brett Rippon. I thought he did a great job. So there's a nice endorsement for Brett Rippon from one of the best quarterbacks to ever Let play for the Denver Broncos. Let's talk. Let's let's give Jake Plummer some kudos on here. I didn't have a podcast in 2005, Cody, but man, I certainly rocked my number 16 jersey with pride. I love Jake Plummer and watching him play. And quite frankly, there's there's more that 
the Broncos could do that he did now to be successful. And he talked about that, right? He talked about the fact that can you go have a beer with your defensive line and then go out, you know, to a, a, a thing with your special teams, like in terms of player leadership, he's like, you can change the coach all you want. You can change this, that, and the other all you want. But he's like, the players need to step up and do their job. And I think that's one of the things that's very interesting that not many people are talking about how many players on this Broncos roster have kind of gotten used to losing. We know they hate it, but when you get used to losing, you I mean, I, I don't know what that's like in a locker room, Cody. I think that what, what have we heard players say? Just like losing is contagious, winning is contagious. So Jake Plummer's talking about the players need to get this thing going. They're the ones that are out on the field. They're the ones that are executing. They're the ones that are responsible for changing things if the Broncos are going to get back to a winning way. I think that's a fair point to make. And and look, Jake, Jake knows all about winning. I mean, for him, I always hated how things ended with Jake in Denver. I felt like he got kind of the raw end of the deal, you know, as much as we were excited to see a young Jake Cutler. But Jake has a lot of great points on it. You know, for him, kind of removing himself from the game aspect and just being able to watch it and analyze what's going on. I mean, he's spot on, you know. And look, Russ has to be, I think, what people determine or view as like an authentic leader. Like there's times where people are like, ah, is that authentic or is that, you know, just like an act? And I think that's a fair criticism of Russ. You know, people thinking like, is that the case? But I could tell you firsthand, I've seen him interact with guys like Justin Simmons in the locker room. Like these guys, they, Justin and Russ, they're very close and they talk and they they try to, you know, kind of be the voice of reason in the locker room, which I understand. And, you know, so there there is that element to it. Another thing as well, I bumped into Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee was, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I was covering the Broncos this year. And I was like, yeah, you know, it wasn't the year anybody expected. He's like, well, it should be better next year, right? You know, especially with Sean Payton, that's a huge get for him. So shout out to uh, Pat McAfee for that. But um, there's a lot of people talking about the Broncos here at Radio Row. And I think the major question is, can Sean Payton – change the on-field product can he change the the winning or the lack of winning culture that has been here in denver can he restore the previous tradition of winning people that i've spoken to around here that's the one question i get asked can sean payton help the broncos win games and i said there's so much that's contingent upon personnel and things like that but now that we sit here, I feel like Sean Payton probably is the best guy for the job. And if Sean Payton can't do it, then I think there's some bigger issues that need to be addressed way down the road with this team. Yes, and hopefully way down. Hopefully we don't even ever have to discuss that, Cody. Hopefully we're talking you know, about the Broncos at Super Bowl radio row here in the next couple of years. I mean, that may be wishful thinking, but look, that's the expectation in Broncos country, right? Is that the team is a Super Bowl contender. And just like you're talking about, people are wondering, can Sean Payton turn it around? I think I, I see a lot of things uh, about these personalities and these ex-NFL players and these analysts are being asked, can you fix Russell Wilson? Right. And that's their biggest question right now, because the perception of Russ has never been worse. Right. And I think that's fair to say in terms of his on field play, in terms of people coming at him off the field for other things as well, Cody, which we're not going to get into. But on the field, people are really just dogging this guy. And I get it. I mean, it's it's abnormal for him to have played the way we saw 
in 2022 but man you, yeah. you gotta expect these these guys are all talking about what what did russ do well we heard brandon marshall say there's what he did well that i saw is get out get outside the pocket the naked boots all these things who knows naked boot better than jake Plummer? that guy was maybe one of the best at executing the naked boot best outside ever. of john elway so i think that you know you get russell doing these things that's not necessarily let's bring back the old broncos offense you know like nathaniel hackett remember last year was talking about the long bombs to rod smith and ed mccaffrey and shannon sharp it's not necessarily about doing those types it's not necessarily about being nostalgic it's about putting the player in the right position that he can excel that he can do well sean payton's already talked about that we know i i think if the broncos fail in 2023 cody at, from the sounds of things, it doesn't sound like it's going to be Sean Payton's fault that they don't go well. No. I think, and I think he wants that pressure on his shoulders to say, "Look, if we don't play well this year, it's not going to be because I didn't game manage well. It's not going to be because I didn't put the players in position to succeed. It's not going to be because the right players aren't out there on the field. It's you know, and I'm not saying he's trying to throw the players under the bus, but what I'm saying is he's accepting." that pressure of saying i'm going to do everything possible to make sure this team is successful and like he said it's reasonable for the fans to expect us to win he even said he said i you know i don't like predicting things and i can't predict things he said but i can guarantee you the culture will be entirely different this year that's one guarantee he made to the fan base and he says the fans expect to win he says i expect us to win like that's the standard he's holding himself to which when you do that there is a lot of pressure that comes with that but you know what he's an experienced coach he's used to it he's turned around worse teams like i said you know you mentioned earlier in the show the new orleans saints before he got there they didn't know what winning was They've never won anything. And then he came in and changed the culture, you know, and that's always a huge thing. And you're going to do it with players that buy in. And so I think that'll be the biggest key. Who buys in to what the Broncos have going on? That is a huge question here. Well, Broncos country, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. You can get this podcast free and available everywhere. You get your podcast in audio format or whether you watch on YouTube. We appreciate you so much. Thanks for rocking with us. We'll be back on Monday post Super Bowl 57 to talk about how the game maybe impacts the Broncos, what's next, and we look forward to NFL free agency. You get that all throughout next week. Locked on Broncos.